It's the Big Big House Morning Show Podcast. The other day we had a homeschooling group come through for a tour, and here in the control room we have our ship from For King and Country. Mm-hmm. What kind of ship is that? A uh, sloop. Is it? No, I don't know. I mean, so a it's schooner. A, it's a ship with the the big sails. The I Nina, mean, it's the a, Pinto Santa. It's it's like a classic explorer style yeah. ship that yeah. they sent as part of like the promotion for Burn the Ships, and um, and I was trying to explain to them the story behind the song and behind the album and behind the tour and coming up later this morning, we're going to have a chance for you to win tickets to see for King and country on October 13th. But it is so much better when one of the guys from for King and country tells the story. So I got to chat with Luke and here's the story behind burn the ships. So my, my wife, uh, uh, nearly five years ago, I was uh, away on a, uh, uh, a, a show. It was a show day. She called me, she said, Hey, I need you to come home, which was kind of shocking because I'd never had that phone call before. And, I said, okay, well, what's going on? And she'd been taking some medicine, and, uh, you know, she, she'd become addicted to these, this, this medicine, unbeknownst to her. And so I came home, and we kind of went through this, this journey together, ended up uh, taking her to a mental health facility, and, and uh, it was a, a kind of a difficult season there for a few weeks and a few months walking through all of that. And um, there was one night after she'd finished the therapy and uh, was really – well on her way to healing. She said, look, I need to go and flush these pills. And these pills represent so much shame and so much guilt in my life. I need to see them leave. And I was reminded of an explorer, uh, a story about an explorer. He went to a foreign land. When he arrived on the beaches of the foreign land, he said to his men, hey, we're going to go explore the horizons. We're going to go see what this land has for us. We're going to see what's over the mountains. And he realized that none of his men wanted to follow him. They just wanted to return to what was comfortable. They just wanted to return to what was familiar. They basically just wanted to return to the past. And, uh, he realized that he's going to have to wait a few days to kind of convince him again. So he waits a few more days, and he calls all of his men onto the, the shoreline. And once all of his men were accounted for, he gave his generals the command to burn the ships. Because he said, we're not going to go back. We're not going to live in the past. We're not, we're not returning. But we're going to leave ourselves no choice but to, to see what's over the mountains and to see what is in our future. And, and for my wife, that story just really uh, kind of, perfectly illustrated what she had walked through and, and hence now naming it to her. We can hear more from Luke later this morning. And of course, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see for King and Country on October 13th. If you text Spirit FM to 84576, it'll prompt you. You can pick if you want to be part of the 30-day prayer challenge or if you want to be alerted when we're giving away tickets. Can you do both? You can do both. All right. Yep. So get on there. It's Spirit FM to 84576. It's football season. A lot of people are just I live for September through January. Oh, yeah. It's I, it's not my thing, but I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's not mine either. I get it. I really I do. Yeah. And when I was at University of Florida and going to those games, I was into it. But now I'm like two hours watching a game. That's a big commitment. Right. you got to really <laughs> love that team. I can and get so many other things done in that time. Or not. Or, but just, uh, not be watching. <laughs> just not be watching football. football. The Hail Mary pass, though, is something that you probably, I mean, when you're listening to commentary or uh, wrap-ups of games, you're going to often hear the term Hail Mary pass. And I think a lot of us don't know where that actually comes from. There's actually two origin stories behind the Hail Mary pass. One of them was back in 1975, um, a player for the Dallas Cowboys, who was a Catholic, when they asked him, you know, how did you throw that winning touchdown pass? He said, I closed my eyes and said a Hail Mary, which (laughs) I find that problematic because that's a long time. He would have been sacked 
How fast could you say a Hail Mary? Yeah. You got to say it pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. And she probably... The defensive line is going to come at you. Right. She would have been like, no, <laughs> no, you, you said that too fast. Doesn't count. Right. That's what I do with my kids. <laughs> Slow it down, buddy. Um, the other story is back in the 1930s, and it goes back to four players at Notre Dame. And it was a the desperation play that came to be known as the Hail Mary. And they said it was going to take divine intervention for them to succeed. <laughs> so it makes sense to the, call it a Hail Mary. Exactly. The question is, does does the Blessed Mother mind, does Hail Mary, does Mary mind being referred to over and over again in all these football games? I don't I don't know that she does. I, I think she likes it. I I would think so too. Yeah. She's probably laughing. I mean, and she's got time. It's kind of like, well, why don't we just say our father or Jesus, I trust in you. Boo, throw the ball. Because <laughs> right. they're watching the game. She's doing something else. She's mm-hmm. she's doing other things. They're actually watching the game. They're like, no, no, we're too into this. We don't have time. <laughs> right. We don't have time. So you got to go to Mary. And the truth is, we've all had those Hail Mary pass moments in our own lives where, you know, you have that presentation at work that you didn't prepare for completely mm-hmm. or in college. How many times do you do that? <laughs> yeah. like, Lord, I'm going to stand up and talk and I just hope that the right words come out. Right. Or you go to the parent teacher conference. I got those coming up this week. And you're like, Lord, just... You know, Mary, say a little little prayer for me. <laughs> Time for you to intervene. 1024 is coming up, October 24th, of course. It's our 1024 project, and it's how we show our appreciation for all of our first responders. This is our, I think, fifth year doing the 1024 project. Has it been five years? Mm-hmm, pretty wow. sure, yeah. That's great. So 1024 is the Sheriff's Office code for send help quickly. So your help comes in the form of you know, pictures, the kids' color, little notes from the kids, your own letters of appreciation. I think that, you know, we think that they like seeing the, the you know, crayon drawings from children, but mm-hmm. a real, you know, heartfelt note from an adult also, I think, means a lot to our police officers. And this kiddo in Columbia, Missouri, he's eight years old, and he decided to show his appreciation for some police officers. He gave them $100 of his birthday money. How much birthday money are you getting, eight-year-old? <laughs> You're getting a lot of money. A hundred is a portion. Yeah. Yowzes. So when the police officers found out that he wanted to give him some of their money to appreciate them, he decided to give them something in return. He got, Adam got a ride to the station, a tour, and an assignment. It doesn't indicate what his assignment was. What assignment do you think the police station gave this eight-year-old boy? Uh, probably to stand at the side of the road with a hairdryer <laughs> and make it look like you're radaring cars. <laughs> speed limits. Yes. Yeah, speed limit. Great idea. This story is actually really cool because this family, Adam's family, they're immigrants. They came from Somalia. And so they just said, we, we appreciate the, the law here. We mm. really appreciate it. I feel safe going to bed at night. And my son wanted to show his appreciation too. So if you want to get on board with our 1024 project, get details at myspiritfm.com. This is one of those issues that is really, I, I don't know, this is tricky. So the NCAA in California, uh, California schools signed into law yesterday um, that college athletes would get paid to play these endorsement deals they were allowed they would be allowed to accept endorsement deals um they would be able to make money playing college sports 
I mean, let's not pretend like the the NCAA isn't making money, that the coaches aren't making money, that the schools aren't making money. It is true. Yeah. They're making a lot of money yeah. off these kids. NCAA posted, uh, I think I saw a revenue of a billion dollars last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are making... Yeah. They're making a lot of money. So there, this is just problematic on a lot of levels, though, I think. The California, it, this is signed into law in California. but So that's one state. Other ones, I'm sure, will follow suit. But if across the country, if the, all the states don't, if it's not uniform, then how does that affect athletes wanting to go to one school over another? I imagine you're going to have a lot of athletes going to California schools. Right? I mean, <laughs> just by... Just by default, like if if you can get paid in this state, if you go to a school here and you can't get paid in this other state. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, there's so much money being made off of these athletes. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to me, not being super into sports or anything, just looking at the outside, from the outside in, um, it just seems to me they should get something. I mean, they should they should profit from all this money that's being made. Um, because of them, because yeah. they play so well. How does that impact your, like the, the, that impacts kids that are looking to go to college or looking to play in college? I mean, it doesn't, I think they would want to play anyway, but this, it just is going to have such a, such a, a waterfall of repercussions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think it was Tim Tebow actually that I saw kind of speaking out against it saying it's about love of the game and it's about love of your team because that does kind of go away once you move on to professional sports. It, it The paycheck is kind of the bottom line when you get to professional because that's what it is, professional. Yeah. So I, I think he was basically arguing that college kids, yes, there's a lot of money floating around, but these college kids should just be in it for the love of the game, their team, and their school. What? I know, I know. I get it, but what about the coaches that are making bank well, you know, <laughs> yeah. from these schools and their players aren't getting anything. They have a lot of responsibility, not a million dollars worth of responsibility necessarily, but they have a lot of responsibility. You know, it's not just getting out there and making, you know, calls on plays. Yeah, that's know. true. Uh, maybe the answer is for them to make a little less to, to try to regulate that a little bit. I don't know. It's just <laughs> tough. It's tough. In case you're wondering if real life superheroes exist, I'll tell you, they do. And it's this guy. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if he's just that amazing or if danger follows him. And so he ends up in the like the right place at the right time to do great things. Is danger his middle name? Because <laughs> it, it just might be. It should be. U.S. Air Force Technical Sergeant Kenneth O'Brien. He was traveling from Okinawa to Dallas. He was one of 12 airmen who were named the 2019 Outstanding Airman of the Year. So he's already done amazing things. He's on the plane heading from Okinawa to Dallas and a choking baby. Uh, a baby starts to choke and he performs like the Heimlich and CPR and helps the baby regain consciousness. Like It's already pretty amazing. I mean, that he did that. But he has a habit of doing this kind of stuff, right? So this is his, like, if you have a superhero resume, this is what is on this guy's resume. He was on the president's security detail during the summit with Kim Jong-un. He saved a person from a burning car in Korea. He saved a Thai Navy SEAL during the Thai cave rescue mission. He was the furthest American in the cave helping rescue the Thai soccer players. (laughs) He's he's a superhero. Does he danger follow him? <laughs> That's the question. Does he draw danger to himself or is he just 
Is he at the right place at the right time? Yeah. And, and one of his superiors. I mean, it's definitely a God thing, but. Absolutely. I mean, he's, his guardian <laughs> angels are working over time yeah. and helping his hands do some good stuff too. His superior said, I don't know if I want to be right next to him or as far away as possible from him. <laughs> Do you ever offer like weird excuses getting out of class when you were in college? I guess they didn't really care if you didn't come. It was yeah. different in college. I don't think we needed excuses. <laughs> like I, you're paying for it. I saw a, uh, a text thread the other day. It was on Facebook. So it was like screenshots. And the kid was like, how did you do college before you had email? And the dad was like, what do you mean? Well, how did you know if class was canceled? And the dad was like, well, we'd walk to the class. And if there was a sign on the door that said class was canceled, we went home. Or you wait 15 minutes or 10 minutes or five minutes, depending on how impatient <laughs> right, you are, and right. then leave when the professor right. doesn't show up. But the conversation went on and on and on about like, this kid just didn't understand. But how would the professor communicate? It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. I loved it. Um, this professor, though, she showed up in a big way. She is from a college in Georgia, Gwinnett College in Atlanta. And I guess one of her students called and said, I can't get a babysitter. She teaches a three hour anatomy class. Those were rough. Oh. We had those once a week, once a week, Yikes. three hour class. How yeah. do you even do that? It's, it's too long. That is too long. My goodness. <laughs> Anyway, so she it's a three-hour anatomy class. One of the students called and said, I, I can't find a babysitter. She said, come anyway, bring the baby. And I guess the baby was being fidgety because babies do that. It looks like, it looks like a little guy is about, I don't know, maybe like six, six months old or so. And so she took a lab coat, strapped him to her back. The professor did. Strapped him to her back. Kid fell asleep. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> she taught the three-hour class holding one of her students' babies. Wow. Mm -hmm. She's got a strong core yes she does because she's standing up moving her arms around well and what she said too was that it kind of ended up becoming a learning aid the baby did because she said that you know people were amazed that he fell asleep and she said well it, it gave me an opportunity to teach about body heat and the nervous system and brain function and then he had to get a bottle and that had to get warmed up so i talked about metabolism and Wow. I know. I know. It was, it was a little baby show and tell. Mm -hmm. But she did say, I guess she told her student, she said, I'll always be there for you. And the student's reply was, I know. And she said that really meant a lot because I'm teaching, a lot of the people I teach are going into nursing or to go to med school. And I want them to know that love and compassion are part of my philosophy mm -hmm. in the classroom. And, you know, just a couple of days ago, we were talking about how to build a culture of life on college campuses as we're in 40 days for life right now. And I think this is exactly what we're talking about, you know, supporting Absolutely. parent students. Fall is here. And that means lots of fall festivals and church activities. Spirit FM staff's going to be out and about. And we're going to be at a ton of local events. You can find out where we're going to be. If we're going to be near you at myspiritfm.com slash events. This has got to be clickbait. Now that I look closer at this, I don't see how this could possibly be true. There is a an infographic and they say it's based on social media, Walmart and Target. It does say unofficial, but I think in this case, unofficial means completely incorrect. This is the favorite movie candy by state. Yeah, it looks... It just looks made up. I mean, there's certain things. Th th this is not. This is not a thing. No way. You're gonna tell me wax bottles is Alaska's favorite movie candy? No. Okay. Florida. Large percentage of that is inedible. <laughs> True. The wax part. <laughs> are 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 wax bottles possibly the worst candy? 
I know we talk about Necco wafers, but wax bottles, it's just this icky plastic that you have to bite off and then you get like a, a quarter of a table of a teaspoon of juice or sugar water. Yeah. It's, it's just high fructose corn syrup. The worst. Red dye, whatever. Number five. And that's it. All right. So Florida, think about your favorite movie candy. Like what do you have to, what do you have to take into the movies, Fernando? Uh... I don't know if I get a lot of candy at the movies. If you but, could, what would you get? Um, I do like uh, crunch bars. Mm. But just the bar, I guess. Mm. Or maybe if they have little bites. Like, I think yeah. they have little crunch bites, crunch bar bites, and those are good. Well, some of these states said raisinets. I like Sour Patch Kids. But in Florida, apparently our favorite movie candy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to hear a collective groan, Dum Dums. No. 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 You no. gotta be kidding me. So those rappers the, can't even stay on. I know. The dumb dumb. It's the worst. Um uh, some of the believable ones. What is that? Indiana likes milk duds. I can I can get on board with that. Um Ohio likes lemon heads. These are the believable ones. See, Utah Necco wafers. No, there's that's right there. Tell me <laughs> this is not true. Who made this map? See, here here's the thing. I would think that Florida would be Werther's Originals because of the high percentage of retired people mm-hmm. who live in the state. But apparently, Maryland is Werther's Originals. Who likes circus peanuts? Is that Massachusetts? And my favorite, my home state of Wisconsin. <laughs> you know this, it might actually be true. Craft cheese slices. <laughs> what? Do you ever like look around at the like perfect child, you know, whatever that means, but you see this kid that's well behaved and following directions and you're like, hmm, that would be nice. <laughs> I that picture a kid nice. with their hands crossed and just sitting at a desk mm-hmm. with perfectly parted hair. Yeah. Yeah. That that child is probably actually a mannequin because that kid <laughs> doesn't exist. But um, I, even like in one family, you could have one child who is very well behaved, very um, organized, and the other one could just not be. And you're like, well, I'm the same parent. So mm-hmm. what's going on? One of the writers from CatholicMom.com, she says, you know, some of us think that it's a character flaw if our kids are not organized and um, and. that kind of thing, but it's not a character flaw. It's part of their executive function skills. So like executive function skills, right? It's all in your brain. It's part of your wiring. So if your child is not super creative, say you have one that is a great artist and the other one doesn't really, they don't feel it. You don't think that that child is flawed because they're not super creative. Right. That's true. Those two kids are just wired differently. Okay. Same thing goes for some of these executive functions. And so she has some suggestions just to kind of put it more concrete. If your child is very forgetful, you're like, why? I I told you to do that. I told you to to bring your folder. Why didn't you bring your folder? Try using concrete visual reminders like printable schedules and, and stuff that they can hold, something they can actually look at instead of just that verbal reminder. That makes sense. Yeah. If your child is a procrastinator, I think there's probably people that are taking notes on this for their spouses too. (laughs) If your child is a procrastinator, use timers or like token type of things to help reward them for doing stuff on time. 
Can I reward myself with that work if I'm a procrastinator? Absolutely. Guess what? You get you buy some new shoes. You get to the door to get out on time and you get a cookie. Yeah, you a cookie. Put the... New shoes, mm-hmm. a Star Wars toy, you know, anything. Now... I, not really a Star Wars <laughs> Now, if your child is disorganized, try using photos and labeling everything, you know, just helping them to grow that part of their brain using little cues, the reminders, the tokens, the timers, the photos, using those cues that will help them grow. And it's again, it's not a flaw. It's just we're wired differently. And I've heard so many parents say, you know what, my child was this like parents of adult children. They said when he was young, he was blank. And now I see how that has come to serve him better, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. No worries. Every generation has had their phrases and their words that are different than what their parents say. Kids want, teenagers especially, want their own language because they want to feel unique. They want to have a little bit of privacy. And so they come up with these phrases that make them feel special, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance... Um, my mom is just now getting on board with cool beans. She's, she's still, really? she still uses cool beans. And I'm like, mom. Mm-mm. What era is that from? That's from cool like beans. late, uh, I'm going to say late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't have, have been a, 50s. I don't, I don't know. Don't have a cow. Gag me with a spoon. Like, <laughs> I mean. Gag me with a spoon is newer than don't have a cow, right? Well, I don't know. It's just all from, all from the past. Mm-hmm. And we think they're normal because we know what they mean. But cheesy what so so you're telling me if you say something is cheesy that means it's kind of lame okay i got it so like this is nothing new that teenagers have their own language sure but i'll tell you what it's getting more greek-like every day because these aren't (laughs) even real words visco this is the one i saw the other day on facebook v-s-c-o it's pronounced visco first of all and it means Basically, like Visco girls wear oversized shirts and scrunchies, Birkenstocks. What? It's like Why? A, a look, a style, I or guess. something. It's like and, a casual lifestyle, basically. Yeah. And does it come from a a dating app or something? I have the Visco no thing? idea. I have no idea. Man, we sound so old. I I'm <laughs> guilty. What with what with the kids in the Visco? Yeah, yeah. This is my. Visco and basic. Kids these days, that's my alert right there. <laughs> Every time we say kids these days, that's what we're going to get. Yeah. So this one, I don't even know how to pronounce it. And I oop, and then a series of the letters S and K. And I'm not making this up. You're like, what are you saying? I don't know what I'm saying. And I oop, S-K, 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 S-K. So does it sound like, and I oop? It sounds like something someone would make. Like if you have a foreign exchange student, something you would make up as being something that is cool, but that's actually not as a prank. Yeah, And it means like something takes you by surprise or happens unexpectedly. If you've ever heard these words spoken like in your kid's natural habitat, like in the wild, (laughs) or is there a word that they're using that you're like, this is new, I don't know how to keep up, help Mm us. Spirit FM, hello. I have a middle schooler, this is their first year in middle school. She didn't do any of these things in elementary. It was like non-existent in the elementary zone. But as soon as she hit middle school, it's the uh, mom. I want to be a Visco girl. Oh my! And I'm, I'm like, what is that? Right. Exactly. I mean, I, I have no clue. And she's like, well, I got to get scrunchies. I got to have a hydro flask. I said, a hydro flask? 
you want a water bottle. <laughs> it's it's got to be a hydro flask. Sure, sure. So, a water bottle. I'm like, it's a thermos. A thermos. So the recent one I've heard, and there's so many words that I heard, but the recent one I heard was cap. Cap, like on and your head. It, right. And it means you're lying. And I'm like, how do you get cap? Right. You're lying. I don't get it. Like, Yeah. Can you use it in a sentence? It. Like... That, like you're capping, mom. Stop oh, capping. Oh, like, what? Oh, Dude, okay. I'm lying. <laughs> so I don't know. That's just one that I can't. I can't grasp. I can't even see the connection there. Yeah, like, yeah. What? what? Oh does my that goodness. Mean? That's great. All right. Well, we'll pray. We'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Big Big House Morning Show podcast. 